Hi. Hi, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. It's good to be back. Uh, where did you go? You left me for a long time. Actually, you left and then I left. Yeah. You went to LA and came back and that same day I flew to LA. Wait, San did you, go to, you went to San Francisco. San Francisco, drove to LA, flew back. And now I'm back. Now we're back for and the um, polar vortex, the oh, cold. Is that happening right now? Uh, it's going to be on it? Thursday. Okay, I can feel it vortexing within me. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Welcome to Tears for Queers. That was the craziest intro, but I liked it. It felt right. Yeah, it was weird. It felt really good. We can cut it. I might save that. I might keep that in there. As the editor. Just kidding. Editor in chief. Editor in chief. Of Tears for Queers. Oh my god, it sounds fancy. I like that. Black and in charge. 2018. Who's, black? Who's in charge? And you are neither. I've been waiting to tell you this, but I'm black. What? I don't know. Well, this whole time. It's because I'm like Nicole Richie, where it's like, what is she? I didn't know for the longest time. That Nicole Richie? Yeah. Or me? <laughs> no, Nicole Richie. I know, it's crazy. I knew kind of. Well, about here's you. the thing her dad, her adopted dad is Lionel Richie, and everyone's like, oh, she's adopted. Mm-hmm. But her real dad is also black. Really? Yeah, and that's why I come back with people like she's not, she's adopted. And I'm like, Wait, yeah, but I had no dead. idea she was adopted. Yeah, she's adopted. In the '70s, drugs were flowing, love was real, disco mm-hmm. was on the way out. Lionel Richie had his band, and one of the members of his band had a daughter, but the guy they never talk about it in detail. But I think like he wasn't able to take care of a of a child, and Lionel Richie adopted him from his friend, adopted oh. Nicole Richie from his friend. So he was like a friend in the circle. Like, the do you 70s. think Lionel Richie had to like pay a fee? No, I think like it was like the daughter, Yo, like, man, you can't take care of this girl. I'm gonna take care of this girl. She'll be my own. And I don't think, yeah, like you know, like um, when you like buy a car or something, like you Simon. get like a resignation. Yeah, like oh the, yeah, I think the it's pink slip, and then you have to exchange money at least a dollar. Monetary. No, I yeah. think it was done through an adoption agency, and then she illegally took the Richie name. Oh, okay. but she knows her original mom. I don't know if she knows her original dad. I don't yeah. know anything about the dad. The dad's very secret. It's like I don't know. Ooh. But the mom is a part of Nicole Richie's life. Oh, that's nice. She's cool. And Nicole Richie's best friend. It takes a village, you know? It really takes a fucking village. It does. So, like, fuck the whole, like, yeah. patriarchal, matriarchal, mother-father role. You. you can have whatever. You, it's To quote Travis Callahan, it's a wonkavator, not an elevator, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's not an up and down Life is a wonkavator, and it goes all the ways. So You're so smart. <laughs> well. You really are. But so, I didn't know she was black, so. <laughs> that's, you know what, and that's why I was here for you, just to back you up with facts, with Ethnical, ethical facts. And ethnical. Ethical and ethnical. There we go. What movie are we doing? Well, the movie today is... I don't even know. What is it? It's that one. Oh, Call Me By Your Name. There we go. There it is. Yeah. Which is very important because I feel like it's the movie of, like, the queer movie of the year. Truly. And... And it's got the Golden Globe noms already. Is it really? Yeah. Are they out? Yeah, I think... uh, I mean, please, no one quote me on this, but I'm 98% sure. There's about 200 votes. Wait, what? 200 nominations. Is there? No. Oh, okay. I was like, I don't oh, think there's oh, even okay. I get what you're saying. Nominees. No, I think Timothy, the guy, the dude, the young dude, is nominated for Best Actor at Golden Globe. That's great. Yeah. Actually, Good for him. Yeah. You know what? I just want to pull it up because I want to tell it as real as possible. Nominations 2018. Call Me By Your Name, Best Picture. Great, uh, good. Yes, obviously. And then, hold on, we're still going, we're still rolling. Best performance by an actor, drama, Call Me By Your Name, Timothy. Yep, it has like 
I think four nominations altogether. Best performance by an actor supporting Army Hammer. Have you heard about the drama behind Army in this movie and no. Army in general? No. So I guess I don't know anything about this actor that played uh, uh, Elio. No, that played Oliver. Oliver. But he's been around for a minute in the Hollywood game, and there's this uh, article about it about how he's from a very wealthy family. Like he's from a very wealthy family, and he's been given a lot of chances in Hollywood. But he's very like allegedly bland and like doesn't really give a lot in a scene. Mm -hmm. And so everyone thinks it's just like, oh, he's just a privileged boy born with a silver spoon in his mouth. He gets all these chances. None of the movies he's done has ever really picked up. Mm -hmm. And he keeps on getting more chances. And so they're saying that he is the worst part of this movie and that it could have been anyone to play him. And he, I guess, read about it and deleted his Twitter because he was getting a lot of hate after this article came out. Really? How do you think he did in the movie, personally? Um, Well, I honestly haven't seen any of his other work. So watching this, I felt like he was playing that character of that stoic, six-foot-three blonde guy. Arrogant-American. Yeah. Yeah. Same. So I feel like, I guess that's like more credit to the director and producing uh, team that right new to cast him in that right role yeah exactly i had never seen anything else but uh, the article is really good i'll send it to you yeah i mean because he did have like a very like mad men like way of like talking but it kind of worked for like the 80s italy yeah exactly yeah he was very like mid-atlantic accent very like yeah fatherly right oh you know know, like just um or like uh i don't know more like a, a professor would would speak yeah. where it's it's like without any connotation yeah totally yeah and yes, i just yes. thought well that's a part of his character his right yeah totally i agree okay so we agree but with the nominations like it has to go to the oscars like i think it has a good i mean i also haven't seen any of the other nominated films but i just know how moved i was from this film call me by your name and it's got the goods so okay so a lot of people have been saying that they're like Obviously, you're really moved. Mm-hmm. It, it's gotten a lot of mixed reviews. Yeah, people. Yeah, people are calling it "Call Me by Your Lame," which no, <laughs> I've not heard that. You coined Call it yourself. Me by your lame. Call me by your lame. Boring okay. as fuck. That's what no a lot of people have said. That where are you? Where are you getting this information? Well, but like also on the, on the on the flip of the coin, a lot of people have said that they've been so emotional. They've cried. It's been it's mm-hmm. like such a moving and powerful movie mm-hmm. and. That's me. The, the like the first thoughts leaving the theater for me was, I don't quite understand why people were so like emotionally moved by it. Okay, that's fair. That's a fair assessment. In the same regard, I don't know why people were so upset or didn't like it. Yeah, because like I feel like those like you're clearly awful if you didn't like it either. You yeah, know? right. I feel it like this movie. Uh, was a really nice, atmospheric, and mm. beautiful story that, mm. like, really articulated this uh, great, re- like, a little relationship that was yeah. kindling between two characters. Yeah. And there was, like, no conflict in the regard that they were able to pursue their feelings mm-hmm. and exercise them for the summer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and see where it went and, like, enjoy it, you know? So, yeah. I So, like, comparatively to, like, Brokeback Mountain or Moonlight where you have these like kind of tragic stories talking about like love in the regard of the absence of love Mm -hmm. that makes it so hard to watch because you can kind of relate and just feel like 
it's turning the knife inside your heart, you know? Yeah, you're Whereas, talking about Call Me By Your Name? No. Turn the knife? No, oh, no, no, no. These other ones. These other Moonlight ones. and Brokeback Mountain. Oh, okay. Because it's the, the lack there of, like, them allowing to pursue yeah. their relationship. Whereas Call Me By Your Name, it's set in 1980s Italy. Mm-hmm. Beautiful setting in the summertime. Uh, they literally lay around and sunbathe and, and swim. Yeah. And they get to enjoy each other's company read books, quote poetry, write, like play mm-hmm. the piano, mm-hmm. uh, have sex at night, uh, hang out in the woods, like yeah. skinny dip, uh, get drunk. Like those are every, like that's, that's beautiful. I agree, but then I don't agree because I think the conflict is that it's so short lived because they've, it's like a six week romance or he's there for six weeks. Oliver's there for six weeks in Northern Italy with Elio's family, but they don't do anything until two weeks in, a week and a half in, so they only have a month, and that is right there. Like They realize what they have so late in the game and that they only have a month to cherish it. Yeah. And so that's what makes it sad for me. That's why I cried in the theater many times. Really? I cried. I cried more the second time than the first time. Because I knew <laughs> when it was going to be sad. So yeah. I preemptively, like, pre-wet my tears, by my eyes with my tears. It was ridiculous. I That being said, I do get emotion, more emotional at movies. Ladies and, and gentlemen, he's tearing up right now. I'm tearing up right now. No, but that being said, I am easily affected by film. And so people have, you know, finer tastes than me, whatever. But... I read the book and I watched the movie and I thought it was a really, really good adaption of the book. Because well, you can kind of hard. speak to that. So you probably know yeah. more of like yeah. the smaller details in the book. How, right. like comparatively? Well, comparatively, there are a couple scenes that we're going to get into where, and there's even articles I've read about it that are also the way that feel how I feel. There, it could have gone further in the movie a little bit. But obviously with a book, you can like break it down. You can talk about <clears throat> What feelings. do you mean further? Like more gay sex? There's a lot of sex in the book. There's oh, a lot really? of intimate scenes in the book, too. Like, there's, like, a whole... We'll talk about the peach scene. There's a poop scene in the book. It makes it, like, just not not about, like, it being gross, just, like, about it being intimate uh-huh. and, like, sharing everything. I mean, they, like, poop in the same room in the book. And, like, it's, like, a big deal in this, like, intimate scene that they're doing together. And I, but I think, altogether, though, the scenes they did show that made it into the film were, like, really good reimagination of this amazing book that mm-hmm. is good, too, by, oh, the author, I forgot his name, Andre something. No. Yeah, Andre something. I should know it. But Andre something. I've read the book twice, and I've seen the film twice, and I'm here for it. And a lot of people are going to give me shit on Facebook, but whatever. I think it's good. So you think over, like, yeah, of course it's good. And, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's just, it's really good, you know? But I think it's great. Some people don't think it's great. And I'm like, what more do you need from this beautiful film? You know what I mean? Well, I, well, I don't, like, I, I, look, I hear. You're a harder critic than I am. uh, I'm just, yeah. Yeah. I just know what I like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you and L. This wasn't like horrifically tragic. But like you that's liked the it. thing. Oh god, yeah. No, yeah, I thought yeah. it, I thought it was really good. It, yeah. In the same regard as like a Sofia Coppola movie where it really has like set the tone and mm. the setting mm. plays so much into the characters and the and yeah. the story itself. It's romantic, it's nostalgic. It just puts you in a place in your mind, I feel. Oh that, my god, like, I felt like for an hour and a half I was love, in yeah. southern Italy yeah. and I was just enjoying my time. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's a lazy about roundabout film and I think it's exactly what it's supposed to be. 
so I don't understand what people go in for and aren't finding for in it. Well, but... <laughs> I think a note from a lot of our friends is there wasn't enough fucking in it. Yeah, which is also... A, yeah, which I'm, I'm like, right come well. on, guys. It's not like a... Go watch porn if you want to want that. But and in I, the back of my mind, I'm thinking the same thing. I'm like, well, more I don't know if there was enough fucking in it. Yeah, of course. It was, what, I, is what is that all about? But I think it would. it's a credit to the film that it still pulls off like a sensual, sexual, nostalgic vibe without having that much sex. I still feel all the feelings without it. Of course, yeah, you want to throw in a couple more, like, fucking scenes, I'm down. But because it still did what it's supposed to do without it, I was like, oh, wow, good job. Good for fucking you. Yeah. And some people might think it's, like, keeping it, you know, cool for the straight audiences, but I don't think... But there was a lot, there was a lot of straight sex in this as well. There was probably equal parts... I think straight I well I mean like they I, I felt sex, like they yeah. got pretty intimate with the, the straight, girl yeah with the girl yeah um I forgot her name but she was cool I want to Google her um but we're gonna yeah, call right. her yeah what well, then I would Sophia. just say yeah is that rude maybe let's bring it no let's not Mo. name her let's fucking <laughs> look it up if we're gonna know it here's my thing maybe taking a step back because there were equal parts straight sex and equal parts gay sex. That's maybe that's them like leveling the playing field and then being about it's not about that. Like, okay, boom, boom, you one for you, one for you, but let's get to the truth about this film, which is how they felt about each other. But I don't know if they actually did. Uh, I feel like with, with fucking in a movie, you can use that to your advantage like that's a tool in in telling a story having nude characters brings a level of intimacy to the audience that you're connecting with that character and you're you're seeing them in a very vulnerable state Mm -hmm. so i i think that that can be like an asset they were never very like vulnerable yet they were never really like inaccessible I feel like together uh, it was a very soft medium of Mm. where they the characters rested where they were were vulnerable um no I think no okay I not not as like we've seen on film okay I think I think that like to like a point where they were like gonna break no I like it was it was nice but Am I like? Am I being too hard on this movie? I think I mean, but you're not the only one. Like I've I've been reading a lot of articles about this movie because of how interested I am in yeah. it, and the there are a lot of points that you're making as well that I'm reading. So yeah. you're not alone. Like like sex can be um it can be you like more... a manipulative. It mm-hmm. can be powerful. It can be intimate. It can be intimate. But it the... can be romantic. Like you you're like you can paint an entire like picture of. All these different colors of sex. Yeah. And for this movie, I felt it was all just like pastel mm-hmm. you know? Okay. It wasn't like hard or soft or, you know, yeah. bright or dark. It was all just like, like maybe your first experience with like love and hooking up is that it is that one note, but it's mm-hmm. a really good note that you're just trying to like uh, savor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And perhaps like that's what they were going for is like that summer of love. With, you know, uh, it wasn't about, like, hitting boundaries or, like, the ultimate exploration, but just enjoying a peach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Enjoying a peach. Well, speaking of peach, let's just fucking get into our four scenes that we like from this film. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. We'll break it down. (laughs) Our favorite ones that we decided on together. Firstly, and the first one will be Confession of Love, which is, like, when at the fountain in town Mm -hmm. 
Elio and Oliver are running an errand or some shit, and they're at that like um, World War One monument, and Timothy, no, yeah, Timothy's character, Elio is like they're like circling the fountain together, and they never actually, Elio never actually says I'm into you. He just kind of alludes to it in this like speech of. Are you saying what I what I think you're saying? Yeah, and you know what I'm talking about. Beating around the bush, basically. Yeah, beating around the fountain. Beating sure. around the fountain. Beating around that goddamn fountain for sure. Beating. <laughs> I love how they like the camera kind of like focuses up to like all the architecture too, and the monument, the roller one monument, and then comes back down, and they're like at the other end of the fountain together. Mm-hmm. And they do that throughout the film a couple times, where it's like an emotional or like a weird scene, and they'll pan up. And they pan back down, and I really like that. Yeah. I don't know what that's called, but I like that way, the way they do that. Yeah. Blocking. Was it? Blocking. Blocking. This blocking (laughs) that they're doing in films nowadays, (laughs) I tell ya. (laughs) Elio is like, at the end, because I want you to know, because you're the only one I can tell these things to really beautiful and that but but then you don't really see oliver's reaction he's very like stoic but also Mm -hmm. that character is very stoic and they ride through like to the pond and then that's when things like really heat up like it's a hot scene you can almost when he grabs his junk yeah and you can see fucking oliver's junk for a brief second you can see his ball. His right ball definitely pops out a little bit. No, it does it not. Does. No. It show do. I saw it twice in theaters and it does. And then I fucking read that they had to digitally take out his balls in a couple of scenes because his shorts and We're his so low small. hanger. And his low hangers. Like, he has a pair of low hangers. Oh. And and that's when I knew. I was like, okay, then I fucking saw his ball then. I'll show it to you. I'll, uh-huh. I'll show it to you right after this. God, imagine, like, the production calls on that. I know, like, what do we do? How much do we Do cut? we have, uh, it's gonna be five grand to take out all the balls? Is it very Did expensive? they have to, like, negotiate, like, yeah. which balls were the worst ones to take out? Like, which scenes and... Yeah. But... And they left a couple, like, left ball a couple... scenes in. It's just, it's not like a full ball that pops out at all, but it's, he grabs it and pulls it. I, and I saw some, like, you more know... more than just a leg, is mm-hmm. what I will tell you. Oh, good. Yeah. But did we, how did you feel about the scene? Like, I think this is like the first them actually physically getting together. Yeah, no, I I, I loved it. it uh, I think anyone can relate to, I don't know, is this person into me? Let mm-hmm. me try. I'm going to, you yeah. know, I'm going to put it out there yeah, and I'm see what happens. Right. Um, We've talked about this on the podcast too, like our first hookups and how vulnerable you have to be to like, Okay, I'm gonna fucking do it. This oh, is God, yeah. now or never. Especially when you have no experience to operate off to of. To back it up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god. Like for El- uh, Elio. Elio, yeah. Elio, he, like uh, he's a star. He's a star of this film. It's two people, but he's a star. Well, he's, he's nominated he's... best actor. I hope he gets it for Golden Globe. <clears throat> I mean, character-wise, Elio is a 17-year-old boy who, I mean. He... He looks like he can hold his own. Mm-hmm. When I remember being 17, I felt like I was, <laughs> I felt gross. I, I felt, felt ugly, not sexy yeah. at all. So Elio yeah. is already ahead of the game mm-hmm. with um, his confident level. With, yeah, his confident level yeah. was uh, through the roof. Kind of ballsy. Well, it's because he's European. The Europeans have, mm. they're starting off with like 10 points more than us already. He's French, Italian, Jewish. He like, he has all they the speak good traits. four languages? Like we talked about that? That's crazy. Yeah, he's all I over. I barely speak one language. I can barely hold on to english yeah i'm like nell right now yeah, yeah. i know yeah. i only read picture books yeah 
So yeah, I and make he's like sounds. rattling off on the piano and I can know. do four renditions of the same song. This is Bach reimagined by yeah, totally. Yeah. I think like the whole confession or putting it out there at at the fountain mm-hmm. was that cold ass pond or whatever. Yeah. Oh, the fountain. The, no, yeah, no, yeah, the, yeah. not the cold ass pond yet, but the, the fountain yeah, yeah, when yeah. he was um, yeah. you know hitting up Oliver and saying that yeah. these are only things that he can tell Oliver. I thought was a. Uh, Good. I mean, like, it always makes my heart, like, yeah. sink anytime yeah. a character is going for it. Because you just don't know what the backlash is going to be. Because yeah. you always know that there's going to be some kind of backlash. Nobody's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I feel the same way that you do. Yeah. Let's hook it's up. A, it'd be anticlimactic, too, for a movie, though, too, to have it. Like, be like, me too, yeah. <laughs> like, the His reaction, uh, Tim, Tim, I always want to say Timothy, but it's... Just say Oliver. Oliver. Oliver's reaction you don't know what he's feeling. And that's they got it right, because in the book it's the same way. Oliver, his response is like not a complete rejection, but it's also very vague mm-hmm. until a little bit later. Um, when things get physical and that and then it really takes off. But I think they did a really good job of like will they won't they at yeah. that part. Of like teasing the audience or whatever. Yeah. But then after this Yeah. It's kind of weird because then it, that's when Elio hooks up with Marzia. That's her name. Marzia. The girl. Do you think he did that in a sense of rejection? Definitely. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. yeah. He felt really unsure about where he stood with Oliver. Yeah. And he was like, but I know where I stand with this girl. So I'm going to bang, bang, bang. And then whatever. If he doesn't want me, I don't want him either. I'm going to do this girl. And that reminded me of a friend I know. Uh, he actually came out of the closet and then hooked, had sex with a girl, full-on sex. Yeah. And I had never heard of such a thing it's... until I heard that story from my friend and then read this book slash watched this movie. And I'm like, wow, you know, we can all respond to different things differently. That like sounds rejection? Very... Yeah. Attraction? Right. And it's like, wow, I would never would think of doing that. But I guess it is like a legitimate way to counteract how you're... Huh. Have you ever? You know... You have, but like actually, after admitting to the queer thing. You know, I think I have. Yeah, see? I think I hooked up with a girl after being rejected by a guy. You are fucking Elio. Yeah. Wait, I'm Elio? You're Elio. That's oh, what Elio God, yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. I'm emotionally sophisticated, yeah. really awesome. Gender is can, fluid. Yeah, I can play the piano. No Wait, problem. you hooked up with a guy, or you got rejected by a guy, and then you hooked up with a girl after? Oh yeah, I did never. the I did the whole. I'm gonna put it out there and see yeah. what happens. And then you didn't, didn't initially get it put, get it back. I did not get it back. Oh my god, so crazy. Yeah. See, I don't think I could. I feel like once I have like admitted this whole gay thing, that there's no way to go back. That being said, I would sleep with Lady Gaga or Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. Right now. It really, Lady I think Gaga? I, I think I would. <gasps> no, you would not. No, I he would. He would not. No, I would. Gay men can be a little straight. Yeah. Straight and men can straight be a little... can be a little gay. little gay. Absolutely. Thank I you. actually wrote down in my phone, in my notes, mm. stop telling people when you're drunk that you're yeah. bi. You tell people that you're bi when you're drunk? Yeah. I've never heard that before from you really i have never well, heard you say this before it, it it's happened more often than not and oh then i wake gosh, up the next was... day and i hate that like that Why echo of the conversation this? that i've had with people yeah and i'm like ooh, i really need to keep that whole like you replay uh, in your I head think I'm bi, like you know travis why are you telling this to people are you bi no why are you telling I'm people that when you're gay. drunk though 
Because, I, you know, that's inhibitions. So that's inhibitions. So you want to keep a window open. Perhaps. If the like Lord's options. closing the door. Wow. That's very Open up by window. That's interesting. By like coastal bisexual. By coastal bisexual, for sure. By 2018. By 2018. That's I'm putting that on your tombstone. Oh, thank there you go. <laughs> I hope I don't die this year. <laughs> <laughs> Even when you die, I was going to put it by... He was a bi coastal bisexual by 2018. Yeah. But he died in 2089. Oh, thank you. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. I gave you That will make years. me more than 100 years old. Yeah. I think the... Life expectancy anyway is longer. From when our parents were born, it was like 75. Yeah. And I think it's 95 now, but you could not quote me on that. I know it's longer than our parents. When I was 15, I made a, a decision that I wanted to live to be 210. Okay. And now that I'm getting older and I realize how awful life is, mm. I kind of want to cut it in half. Cut it in half. Yeah. To, to, to 105. 105 would be fine. Yeah, okay. Mm, 115. Oh, okay, well. And then you could San Junipero... And oh god yeah i gotta i gotta wait until san junipero software is out are you down for that i'm so down for that you... i actually watched that last night by the way to oh fall you did because okay, it's good. so romantic it's a beautiful one to fall asleep to yeah You're smart do you okay i've had this conversation too with sd like would you do it because in the in the black mirror episode san junipero you could if you're terminally ill or just getting old you could plug into the matrix and just live out your fantasies and you could do it for however many years, or you could shut it off and, like, I'll do it for 50. Would you do it for forever, or would you do it for a set time and then officially kill yourself? Like, do you want to live forever. forever? You want to live forever? No. See, Esty said she would just do it forever. And I was like, I think at a point in time, if you I'm know, aware things of Things change, you just can't, I you can never live, tell. I don't want to live forever. Well. And a lot of people are like, I want Forever, if that's my superpower, immortality, and well, I, I just never make mistakes. I don't, you know, so I just I, like I can keep going. So you would live forever, then? Is what you're telling me? Yeah. You just said you wouldn't, and now you're saying you would. No, I would. I would live forever. I don't think. I think here's what I would do. Here's the Grover plan. Whatever, live to ninety five, one hundred and eight term, and then like, okay, plug into the matrix. Bitch, you're gonna live to sixty. How dare you? My, everyone in my family are dinosaurs. They live forever in the Whitmore and Hadley clan. Fine, 62. Rude. But I would live to wherever and then I would plug into San Junipero and then do that for another lifetime. So another 80 or 90 years. But then I think I'm going to tap out. I you think so? I don't need to live forever. It seems a bit much. But what era? In San Junipero, you can go to different eras. Because yeah. that girl was hopping around decades. That's what I would do. I, I would hop around decades. <sighs> Obviously, I'm not going to live in just would. one decade if I have options. I'm going to go to Studio 54, but then I also, you know, want to go... I really like the 80s. Yeah. Oh, the 80s was good. The Way 80s start. was great. Yeah. yeah. I want to go to Studio 54 in the fucking 70s, and then what was big in the 80s besides cocaine? Studio 54? Oh, it was it? No, Limelight. it was big. It was in the 70s. Limelight was 80s, yeah. for sure. Into the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. And then the 2000s, I want to, like, hang out with Nicole Richie and Paris Hilton. Done. Yeah, brought it back to Nicole Richie. I love when they do go to early 2000s. Is yeah. it late 90s, early 2000s? Because, yeah, I just watched it last night. So yeah, it's, it's fresh in your mind. It's not fresh in your mind. Have you watched all of season three of Black Mirror? No. Okay, there's a hang Season four is the newest one out, right? That's what I meant. Season four. Is it season four? Yeah, yeah. I think it's season four. Have you watched all season four? All of it. Hang the DJ. I don't want to talk about it, I guess, if people okay, listen to it. Okay, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But, but I, I just do. want to make this one note that yeah. episode five uses the soundtrack to The Shining, and I am i don't know how I feel about that. Which one's episode five? 
It's um, oh, the black and white one. I didn't. I barely paid attention to that one. Well, also With you the robot know because thing. have you ever seen The Shining? No, you've never seen The Shining. Shining. Yeah, you know I don't watch that. That's kind my of favorite movie. film. And it's the soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, and you don't know how you feel about it. No, because it's. It. I, well, I think it's ethically it's wrong to do that because it's a Stanley Kubrick film. Yeah. And it's his soundtrack, yeah. so you can't do that. You sound snobby, and I. But I. I, appreciate, I know. I know. I appreciate your opinion. Your strong opinion. Look, stay in your lane. <laughs> Just don't I use a different soundtrack. Yeah, stay in your lane, and there was another one. Stay in your lane, and it rhymed with stay in your lane. Know your reign, and stay in your lane. It was something Ooh, like that. You want to keep working on that one? Okay, I will. You know, I'm gonna. I'll go back. Okay, so knowing this. Okay, like, the perspective that I saw this, yeah. I was like, look, if I was Oliver... Okay, we're back to Call Me By Your I Name. I feel like Got it. Elio is low-hanging fruit. You come to this beautiful yeah. chateau, mm. You, what do you do? Like, as a 26-year-old, you assess the situation, mm-hmm. you go, oh, this queer 17-year-old kid yeah. is begging begging he for it he was, was quivering he was not. he was easy i know you you would have been like i'm gonna knock this sucker back no for sure if that were the case but that's not the case in this oh world. this is Elio was not quivering he was really cold and standoffish at the first part because he thought um oliver didn't like him so elio was very standoffish remember that's the whole thing and he even writes in his journal in the movie like i was wrong i thought he didn't like me I was too harsh. He writes. I know. So he was kind of standoffish. I know, but that's like from the perspective of a seventeen-year-old kid who feels like they're being too moody. They're being like he was being moody. They're not so self-aware to know like how to engage another adult. But I, I think as being an Oliver and Mm. being a little bit older, you should know like that he's oh I got this. You know, like I'm a boss and I could just like totally get this one. I don't think it's low-hanging fruit. I mean, like how there were no other gay people in this film. So like obviously in the. It's like and a that's, small... that's why I say it's low hanging fruit because okay. it's like, yeah, hello, ready to go. this is like right in front of you. It's yeah. a house that you're living in. It's, yeah. He's sleeping in the bedroom next door. Next door. And he looks like he wants it. And, and you also want the... it. It's like, hello, like that's so easy, right? And the legal age of consent in Europe is 16. It's like 12 and a half. If you can hold a beer, you're fine. Yeah, right? fine. There you go. Um, you're right though. And I, I obviously would have been down. You would have been down. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, we got away from it, but back to it. The second scene is Elio and the girl. I want to touch on that in general. Just What's her name? The girl, Marzia. Oh yeah, Marzia. Good old Marzia. Good old Marzia. <laughs> I kind of liked how we kind of went through all of the feelings with, uh, Marzia. Yeah. And then, and, that'll run and then like after Elio like had his whole relationship, mm-hmm. like the highs and lows then, like, Marzia returns to the picture, and, mm. like, I feel like us as audience members mm-hmm. were like, mm, not yeah. really into the storyline. You're How done. wrap this up in four minutes? They did. Okay. And they wrapped You're, it up in like, four. Like, a nice hug, and, yeah. like, he grabbed her face and pushed it away. And well, I talked on. about it with a, a co-worker, and he was just like, fuck the girl who cares about the girl. And I'm like, okay, but just maybe me being Virgo or sign, I want to see it from all points of views. And she had the shittiest end of the stick, she knew she loved this guy before Oliver was there. Did she though? She did. Let me finish. She the they were together before the film started, obviously because they're in bed when the film was opening. Mm-hmm. Oliver fucking comes in and she's like, "I love you," and then they fuck. From her point of view, she says, "I love you," or no, she says, "I like you," I'm I'm into you or whatever. They fuck and then he they fuck twice and then he ghosts. She never sees him again, and then at the end. 
was like, you're sad. Obviously, she can tell that he was into Oliver. And he's crying at the like the end of the movie. And she's like, can we just be friends? Like, I love you. I want the best for you. She handled it so well. Mm-hmm. Because she could have popped off and been an angry woman. And would have had every right to. Yeah. Because from her point of view, fucking Elio was into her. He's like, I'm into you too. Let's fuck. And they fuck. And then I don't know where he goes. Like, it's a cliche thing. But it's like her first thing too. Yeah. As well as Elio and Timothy, or Elio and Oliver's first thing. Yeah. So, like, she gets, I feel like she doesn't get enough justice. Well, if you do think about it as, like, an exploration of love. Yeah, in general. And it's, like, the summer of, like, you experimenting with your friends, girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever. Yeah. For her, I think she just, like, does share a parallel with Elio. Where, you know, they both got their hearts crushed. Quote, unquote, I, I just, I didn't think it was, like, that emotional for Francia. When she's, like, Marzia, when she's, like, she rolls up <laughs> oh, on the Francia's bike. Francia's wine. Francia's wine. And I've... So, box wine girl. Box wine girl. Well, she rolls up on her bike to be, like, hey, where have you been? And he's, like, oh, sorry, I, I've just been busy. Doesn't even give her an excuse. Just, like, I've been busy. And then she's, like, I'm not your girl. And then he's, and then he doesn't say anything. And she just rides her bike away in tears. It's just, like... I, my heart broke for her. Of course, my heart breaks for Elio, too, for the gay part. But for the fucking straight part, like, this girl just got her heart broken, too, and no one cares about it. Everyone I've talked to is like, yeah, but who cares? I'm like, okay, you guys, well, let's <laughs> all be feminists for a moment and talk about the girl, too, is what I want, is what, is what I want to talk about it. I don't feel like it portrayed her the best way to show, like, she was hurt. mm and but she was. She's she's like literally crying on the bike when she's like, "I'm not your girl." Mm, did it, like did it show a scene of her like crying and like dry, like biking off? It, it just, yeah. Like, she turned she was, around. She was she like was she was upset. She was good. It was a. I think it was good acting. I think it was good acting. And then at the end when she's like, "I love you. Let's be friends." Yeah. It was really big of her. Cause remember your first heartbreak. You don't want to be friends with them afterwards. You're like, "Fuck you! I'm gonna slash your tires." And for her to be evolved enough to be like, I see that you're going through something. You hurt me, but I see that you're hurting, so let's just be friends. Like, that was really big of that character. Do you think that played into the bigger conversation that was articulated by the dad in his monologue about the idea of love and pain? Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, That was, like, the example of it. Yeah, but that's, like, our last scene. I don't want to even touch on that last scene yet. Touch on it. No, Just go into it. No, we're going to go into Peach scene. Okay. Here, that's what we're going to do, because then the last one is dead. The Peach scene, you being a person that have not read the book, but have seen the movie. That's true. I don't know how to read. What? The truth is out. 2018. We're being truthful. Yeah. Travis is literate. Transparent. Illiterate. Transparent, illiterate, bisexual. (laughs) That's what it reads. That sounds very handsome. That's what it reads on my notes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What did you think about the Peach scene first? What did I think about it? So talk we, about it, and then what I do you feel, feel like it? the entire duration of the peach scene. Talk about the peach scene, and then tell me how you feel about the peach scene. Okay, so the the duration of the peach scene is Elio experimenting or it feeling some sexual frustration, mm-hmm. and you know, ultimately coming to the point of masturbating with a peach. Mm-hmm. So he comes he fucks in a, a peach. peach. Yeah. He fucks a peach. Yeah. Who hasn't fucked a peach before? One or nine times. Right. Yeah. Summertime love. So I feel, and then obviously we, we have Oliver 
uh, walk in and wanting to be um, very raw and sexual mm-hmm. with Elio mm-hmm. and f- comes across this peach filled with cum that's still in the nightstand next to the bed mm-hmm. and is trying to elicit like some kind of prowess with Elio mm-hmm. and wants to eat it mm-hmm. and Elio is actually overcome with so much embarrassment yeah. that he is shocked and uh, gets really upset mm-hmm. and starts crying. Yeah, As yeah. like I feel like a natural reaction yeah. to what is happening. Yeah. Which I feel like, yeah, it's it's a lot to and kind of like, comprehend. Yeah. Because there is a, a level of shame, but also um like uh probably attraction. Mm-hmm. It's probably like it's it's an array of feelings. Yeah. So I think this scene kind of plays out in more of a meta uh metaphorical sense mm-hmm. of what's happening because obviously like we're it's a peach, which is like a very much a symbol of like some kind of virginity, supple, firm, genital, like new. yeah, yeah. And we have Elio who's playing with it, and then we have Oliver who, who comes wants a piece in of it. and grabs it yeah. and and eats it as if like an Adam and Eve like mm-hmm. eating the forbidden fruit. Totally. So like I feel like the scene actually plays more not literal but metaphorical. Yeah. You know, it it could be placed with um, instead of showing like some sex scene of like sexual mishaps that we have have early on where you're not fitting or working together or you have like some kind of embarrassing mm-hmm. situation occur it it plays all those feelings those notes are still there but yeah. instead it's instead of showing like bad sex yeah we see elio and oliver playing with this fucking peach filled with cum yeah totally for sure also it's an apricot right it's a peach I it's actually it's... an apricot the whole time right I think in the I'm trying to think about the book and I think it's a peach or an apricot. I don't know. It's a Oh, actually it's an apricot. apricot because they have the whole scene where they break down the entomology of an apricot. Yeah, apricot. they do apricot uh, from the Greek word to apricot. Yeah, you're right. But okay, very interesting to hear your take because in the book it's that it's a metaphor for like them obviously. Mm-hmm. And but in the book he eats the peach. In the book, they sit down. It's the same thing. Oliver happens across Elio in this bed in the middle of the day. He had just masturbated to the peach. And he picks it up. Elio's like, what are you doing? Don't do that or something. And Oliver's like, I want you to know how much you mean to me. And he eats it. And then they make out. And they and then Elio cries. Like, it plays out the same way. Like, the end is the same. Where Elio's crying in Oliver's lap. Which I think is a very beautiful scene, too. But in the book, he does, in fact, eat the peach. And it's, like, this crazy thing of, like, Elio feeling embarrassed, but also so moved by this, like, really intimate act that he never thought this man would do. Mm -hmm. And he's just so blown away by it that he cries and he's embarrassed, but he's also moved and, and, like, in love with this man. And there's an article I read on Vulture.com about how the reasons why he should have eaten the peach in the film as well. Like, it should have been the ultimate, like, showing of affection and emotion for someone. And they kind of, like, glaze over it by him only touching the peach and then Elio crying. Like, it should have been a full-on bite into the peach. Which I get. And I see that. I read the article and I agree with the article. I don't think that the... Maybe I'm just being too easy on this film. But, like, he... It's still a beautiful scene, even if he doesn't bite it, I think. Yeah for me how that reads is 
Oliver having this sense of power over Elio being the older man in the relationship and grabbing the peach and taking it for himself is some kind of uh, indication of like some uh, like power or authority over Elio mm. and his own sexuality and hold, like holding it in his hand and taking it for his own. So I don't see it as like a, like an ultimate sign of like romance, but as like um, a power play mm. and also like divergentizing someone. Yeah, you know, I see what you're saying. So I like I it reads I a little bit agree, darker. I mean, like it reads not as like poetic for me. Yeah, I I really still metaphorical, mean, but not as like yeah the ultimate thing you could do for love. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I just want you to read the book. It's a really quick read. It's like two hundred something pages. So with just that so said, you know. I feel like I agree with you. If he did it, eat it or not eat it, mm. I feel like that does make a huge difference yeah. in what I'm interpreting. Yeah, you know. In the, yeah, no, for sure. And in the, I don't know, I guess, like, if he had eaten it, obviously it would have been great. But I think that the point still gets across. Like, it's a, at the end of the day, it's a scene where, like, someone's very exposed, Elio, and feelings come out. And even at the end of the scene, he is, like, crying into Oliver's chest, and he's like, I just don't want you to go. That big old thick chest, oh that six-foot-three blonde chest. Blonde, burly, with those pearly whites. Lord. Fucker. I th- yeah, I think at the end of the day, the scene still comes across as what it's supposed to be, of just, like, admission of, like, admission of... Not admission, even. I don't know. It was just, like, raw emotion coming up against each other. Keyword, coming. Coming. Keyword, peach. Keyword, apricot. Keyword, the Latin word for something or other. Apricote. Apricote. Speaking of apricote and that whole scene about the origin of apricot, the dad in the last scene with the speech is the last scene that I want to talk about to bring up or whatever. So the dad sits down Elio at the end of the film after Oliver's gone and Elio's distraught. Yeah. By the way... In the book, distraught. Distraught. Oh my god, distraught. And fucking good acting. Why was he Timothy. distraught though? You and crazy. You okay? You're not the only one that thinks this, but like, I, distra- I, I'm, I'm of posing the question. Oh yeah, you're right. You're devil's advocate. He's fucking distraught because when you were young and you were in love, or you thought you were in love. We don't have to talk about love. We can just talk about, like, incredible infatuation. Yeah. And you're newly out, and you find another person that gives you back, even if for a brief moment, what you're giving out. And it's not... And it's finite. Like, you know there's going to be an end to it. And then there ends. There's no worse feeling. That's like the, when you're, like, in love for the first time, and it's unrequited, or, like, someone has to move away... It's the whole world to you, and mm. it's just so sad. And I remember, I remember feeling that, and I could like remember like driving down the highway, like after like breaking up with my first whatever, and thinking it was like the worst thing in the world. Just the tears, and I openly cried, like driving down the highway. I was openly crying, listening to like Rascal Flats. Like it was just the I was like, this is ridiculous, Grover. But in your at the time when you're young, like it's the whole world, and you can't think of anything yeah. else. Yeah. And, of course, they could not have worked out. Like, now that we're older and we know shit, 
a fucking 25-year-old and a 17-year-old. I guess you're just, like, grieving the fact that it's coming to an end, Yeah. Right? We're and all grieving the fact that everything is coming to an end. It's coming right? to an end, yeah. I mean, and, yeah, like, but in our, like, more advanced minds now, we think, like, that could have never have worked. How would it have worked? Who's moving to where to, like, make this relationship work with a 25 and a 17? At the time, you're not thinking about that. But even then, like, I don't think Elio's even operating on that level of, understanding of his own relationship and no, thinking that that was supposed to last forever or well, he was not supposed to last forever yeah i think it's just quintessentially he's in love with this man yeah and everything else is just not even thinking everything else is drag right everything else is drag yeah exactly when he finally oliver you know takes a train and goes away and his mom picks him up and he's crying in the car and like that's great that's a good scene because that's fucking acting and that i he deserves the golden globe slash oscar for that right there because it's such a raw scene and the mom obviously knows what's going on Mm -hmm. and he's trying to play cool and she's trying to play like she doesn't know but they both know it's just such a good fucking scene and then the dad he gets home and the dad is just sitting with him in a room and he was like how are you what's going on and elio is just like i think Oliver is better than me. And I think that's so beautiful to say about someone, like a paramour. Like, I think they're better than me. It's, And in the book, they even touch on, like, how they just taught each other. And they the things that they've learned together could not be compared to anything else. And it's just so... And the dad obviously so knows what was going on. It's such a beautiful scene. Although I did think that in that scene, the dad is like... Obviously, you're very you. You're too smart not to know what that relationship is going to mean to you, or whatever. You're too smart not to know how big of a deal what you and Oliver had is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Elio goes like, "He's better than me." And then the dad is like, "He would say the same thing about you." And I was like, "Oh, that's so true and yeah. so like poignant." And like he was very observative of the relationship. But the dad also goes into being like, "He's like, if I said too much," and Elio goes, "No." He goes, "Okay, good. I'm going to say one more thing." I've come close, but I've never had what you and Oliver had. And I was like, that's a bit much. That's a little, like, beating a dead horse, hitting the nail on the head too much. Like, too on the nose. Because he's talking about Elio's mom, basically. Because he's a married man. And he's saying, I, I've never had that gay fling you just had. The 30-year marriage I've had doesn't compare to it i'm like okay calm down okay so maybe you might know this better because you read the book but Mm -hmm. i and a couple other the people that i've Mm -hmm. we're all very confused by that monologue yeah because it sounded to me like he's a little bit gay that he was a little bit gay and he had a gay romance a long time back yeah and still reminisces about it but ultimately didn't choose that path and now has a wife that pales in comparison. You're not. You're not wrong. And then you know his whole family or whatnot. But it. I. I was like question mark. What is question the dad like coming out? Yeah. Which is also it was weird very because it, common for siblings and parents and you know all to be gay. So like that's yeah. I don't know if that was what they were hitting on, but it did detract from from thank Elio's you. storyline. I thought I thought so too. In the book, that's not the case. I okay. don't. I that's it was not, very clear. In, in, the, in the book, it's clear that he's in love with the wife. And because when we first got to Chateau I think I Homo, uh, I, the dad could have been dad a little gay. Seems a little gay to me. I think it was an effeminate dad, and maybe it was just the actor. Like I, but I don't think 
in the book. I haven't read the book. In a and then, book. and then the dad has two gay friends that come over. Is he is he like insinuating yeah. like he had a relationship with one of them, and now it's like God? I don't, I don't know. I didn't like, even think about that. It's it. There's there was many factors of that that yeah. made me feel very uneasy. It makes so, you side eye a little bit. Yeah, I which don't... it like it. I. I I hate that it detracted from his message. I know. Which the was, message was beautiful. You know, more to the point of you love someone so much and it hurt, like the love and, will turn into hurt. Yeah. But don't kill the hurt. Yeah. Because the pain is just as good as the love. Yes. And yes. They, the two are go hand in hand. And right. Stop trying to delete or forget or yeah. erase all of those bad feelings you have because... That's only going to make you a stronger, beautiful, more yeah. vibrant person yeah. for the next person you're supposed to meet. That's going to be so it. amazing because yeah. you're going to share all those like experiences together. Right. And I feel like that's how I've always operated on the idea of <clears throat> always um, perpetuating forward and not just deleting or throwing away. Mm-hmm. Like if breaking up with someone doesn't mean you're you. throwing away that that. Yeah. Past you had together, mm-hmm. that's only going to enrich your future. You yeah. Know? No. That's for what he's sure. more or less saying to the point. Oh, you hit it on the head. Like, for sure. That is exactly what it was in the book, too. And it does, yeah, that whole Which, part about the mom made it weird for a yeah, second. Yeah. Which yeah. Elio does take his advice. Yeah, he does. At the, the last scene is just him yeah. crying at the fire at the for fire. like a good 10 minutes. Uh, yeah. It just goes on. The credits roll. Credits and, roll. And Sufjan Stevens comes on. And Elio's crying and then he smiles and he, and he, yeah. I, I feel like he understands that like he's embracing his pain yeah. because it, as just as much as he's embraced his love, yeah. right? Yeah. Because that's the only way to honor that. That what you had with that yeah. person for sure. But that goddamn fly. What the fuck was that fly all about? That goddamn fly, Travis. I don't even know. The fly throughout. Yeah. I was 25 minutes in. I was like, ooh, there's a fly. What's up with the fly? What's up with the fly? And then it keeps coming back. I like leaned over and I whispered to the lady next to me. I was like, is there a fly? Yeah. Is that in the real? Theater? Is there yeah, a is giant there a fly? fly in the theater? Yeah. On the screen? Because. So should I alert an attendant? The whole last there's a fly scene. In here. So distracting. In the fucking fireplace. So distracting. I was like... Elio's beautiful crying into a camera. I could never do such a thing. Um, applaud him. The fly on your shoulder takes away from your amazing talent you're giving me. It's not like some beautiful like butterfly or a bee. It's a fly. It's a fly. It's buzzing. And in the middle of an Italian winter... Yeah, there's a fly during winter fucking time. fucking shit. I'm calling bullshit on I'm that. I'm calling bullshit. I need to know the reason behind... Because obviously it was purposeful. It was purposeful. And they didn't they didn't erase it digitally, which they met- could have done. Yeah, it's a it's a metaphor for something, I guess. But give me the metaphor. The rotting like uh, love that he has. Yeah, <laughs> the finite relationship that once was. Yeah. No, I don't like it. I still don't like it. Even if that's the reason, and it's that's the reason, I don't I don't like it. In the DVD, what I don't is want it? To see you can fly. attract more flies with honey. Yeah, than with vinegar. Then vinegar. Yeah. So, Elio's honey. Elio's honey. No, I don't like it. No, that's no, so dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb, and I hate it. Or like I'm maybe it was the '80s, and they had a fly problem in the '80s. Maybe like it's fly. There's a lot of flies in Italy, and they just wanted to like make it authentic. Like how there's a lot of pigeons in Paris. I don't know. Fuck. I'm trying to think outside the box. Fucking a. Yeah. Did you Google it? I didn't. I know there probably is articles about it, and I will just have to do a a follow up. A follow up. Because there's a reason. There absolutely is a reason that I don't know about. That you don't know about. Yeah. 
I'm glad that we agree on the same mm. on the dad's speech and the ending of the speech and the fly. It was a beautiful movie. It truly was. But you should read the book. You really should. It's really good. Are you a big reader, though? Mm, not really. Yeah. A lot of people aren't, and it's fine. Yeah. It's short. It's like 200 some pages. Oh, I could do that. And a weekend. Mm. And it's better. Obviously, the book is always better. I hate the people that drive home the fact that a book is better than the movie, because obviously, you have pages and pages to get into like inner psyche and things you can't visually show on a screen. Yeah. So obviously a book is going to be better, but let's talk about how well the film did do to the book. And I think in this case, Call Me By Your Name was a really good, truthful adaption. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. I give it five peaches. Ooh. Yeah. Five apricots. Five apricot peaches out of five. So overall, I will have to say, just like when thinking about this movie... If it is like we can cut this all out or whatever, but I just want to I mm. just want to hit on this idea that if this is is this a coming of age film? Yeah. Is this because like I don't really I and I'm just like kind of curious about how this kind of fits into the bigger picture of like why we are obsessed with this story. Mm-hmm. I know why you and I are obsessed with it mm-hmm. as it speaks to the nuance of of queer cinema but, yeah. and also like gay stories that we haven't seen before now portrayed for the larger audience. Mm-hmm. But you know, it when I was watching the movie, it very much reminded me of The Graduate, um, which I haven't seen full disclosure. Really? I know. I know about it. I know everything that happens. I know the soundtrack, but I don't know. I've never seen it. If like if looking at like how edgy or whatever this storyline about an older guy 10 years older then hooking up with and having a romantic affair with a 17 year old boy Mm -hmm. is very i guess not well seen it's like the movie how it's actually constructed always it felt like a very 70s movie the graduate Uh, the call me by your name feels like a 70s movie the graduate is a 70s movie actually 1968 i believe okay so in that movie in the graduate he hooks up with a middle-aged woman yeah so it's it's i think at that time may have been very risque Mm -hmm. and also in the graduate which reminds me of is uh simon and garfunkel made the soundtrack for the graduate yeah which suvian stevens scored or made the soundtrack for For... call me by your name yeah so it does have like that 70s where it's just like kind of atmospheric not like tragic things happen Mm -hmm. and it kind of just outlines this like interesting uh, affair between two individuals yeah yeah in which case like i don't know if it is like a coming of age film more as it is just like a romantic summer fling movie you know yeah where where they didn't actually explore a relationship and and elio didn't really grow up Mm -hmm. or maybe he did in this one moment like falling in love for the first time Mm -hmm. but it's actually really interesting to see how with moonlight coming out and it's opened this gateway for other queer stories to evolve and fold out Mm. in to the larger audience but I, I'm just so curious how straight audiences are have doing, yeah. receiving this movie because yeah. is it blowing their mind? Is there are they thinking? Do they not understand like the dialogue that we have yeah. uh, in gay men, where we our coming of age film, our sixteen candles, our experiences for the first time of being in a relationship is so multidimensional, yeah, and so probably unfamiliar to them, yeah, that they don't even understand how to engage such a thing in such a thing. Yeah, I I fully hear what you're saying and i maybe probably 
straight audiences aren't get, like receiving it how we're receiving it obviously they're not grasping the depth that we're grasping but i know for sure that a lot of my straight friends have seen it and a lot of them have been really moved mostly straight girls but there i do know some straight men that have seen it and yeah. they loved it too yeah so i think it is like reaching this a bigger audience obviously with the golden globes and the oscars sure yeah i think it is kind of touching because i think in that way of like elio maybe not feeling it for the first time but it this film does like bring forth like a nostalgic point of view and it really takes you back to a place where like oh my god i remember that yeah and i think that feeling which gay or straight everyone has felt it's touching on that and people yeah and so it, it in that way a coming of age because it's like making you feel like oh my god i remember that yeah. in my own journey that's what the book does too and so i'm like really glad that yeah i think it is actually touching multiple different types of people on that same of like nostalgia note yeah i hope i'm i'm not convinced that if this was a portrayal of a straight mm -hmm. um affair of summertime love in south italy yeah. it would be as powerful potent yeah and it'd be so well received i think it would be maybe. instant netflix yeah maybe, i mean maybe well i, I know. It, right i mean it's just like it's a very like just very straightforward mm -hmm. idea of yeah just short-term short short-term short love yeah yeah, you know? yeah. Um, sure. well i don't know uh yeah it, no like I, when you, I think when you i would flip be it like that it doesn't seem like to have such energy to when it. you flip it well for me but also i said this before like i'm a way like easier of a critic than you are yeah when you flip it for me i'm still down because i love i all my fucking favorite movies are like yeah brief little trysts but i'm still down either way yeah I don't know. Something yeah. to think about. Um, I hope everyone out there is... Look, at the end of the day, queer cinema is amazing. Whether mm -hmm. the movie is shit mm -hmm. or it's a Golden Globe-nominated film. Yeah. I think the idea is watch it, see it, think about it, feel something, don't yeah. feel something. Have an opinion. Make but an idea. Like, watch it, it and be a part of the conversation Yeah. instead of not. It's important either way you cut it. Yeah. This film. And I guess we'll see how it does come awards. And with season. that said, I'm moving to the south of Italy. It's I think it's north of Italy. You've been saying south the whole time. I think Tuscany, it's Tuscany, right? I think it, no, I think it's northern Italy. It says somewhere in northern Italy, nineteen eighty one or some shit. Shit. It's okay. But we got what you're saying. Can we actually get a sound designer to come in and fully every time I say south and yeah. or or north check it? Yeah, north. Yeah. North. We'll have like uh, like a North Dakota accent yeah. say north for you. Thank you. There we go. Uh, well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, glad, feels good to be back. We are gone for, like, a little holiday hiatus, and now yeah. we're, like, back at it. Yeah. And this is a good, strong one to come back with. 2018, I'm super jazzed to see what we uncover. Yeah. Jazzed. Hashtag jazzed. jazzed. Uh, well, this was... This is Grover Whitmore. And I am Travis Callahan. And thank you for tuning in. Bye. Bye.